Welcome to the Glow Europe podcast, a European Christian podcast to inspire you and give you insights about mission, apologetics and church life. And now, here's your host. Hello, thank you for joining me for the Glow Europe podcast. I'm your host, Jess Brandt. I'm really happy to be with you. And in this short episode, I will be joined by Andrew Bird. Andrew has got a lot of experience in kids' ministry, so if you have children, if you are used to work with kids or teenagers, I'm sure you're going to like this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And now let's jump in to my conversation with Andrew. Andrew, during the summer, I spent time with several friends of mine who are teachers, and they were really troubled by the behavior of children. And um, they also said that some of their colleagues, teachers, are fighting with depression and anxiety. So I have two questions for you. The first one is, in the past year, did you see a change in the behavior of children in your own ministry? And the second question is, what can we do as Christians in regard to this particular situation? Okay, yeah, well, I guess it's not just in the past year. We, we, we've been working in Ireland for 20 years now, so we have seen a change in the children and the young people, the, the teenagers especially, who are much more vocal maybe than some of the kids in terms of the way that they're thinking and how they're approaching life, how they respond to us, how they respond to people who are seen as kind of authority figures in their lives and, and things like that. Now, that doesn't mean they were great before and now they're terrible. It's much more complicated than that. I guess one of the things that really jumps out at me when I, when I heard your question was, I think a lot of our young people are struggling themselves hmm. with issues of depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. These are conversations that we are having, not just with our, the adults that we're ministering to, but with the, the teenagers now who are, who are sharing their, their, their own struggles and the difficulties. And maybe that comes out in behaviour issues, mm -hmm. but if you, if you scratch beneath the surface, you see it's coming out of a place of pain or, or struggle or, or loneliness or because their parents are, are going through a breakup and that. So there's, there's many, many... So the problem is much deeper yeah, than just the behaviour. We might just see a kid misbehaving where we don't know that kid is just is lashing out because they feel unloved and uncared for and alone mm -hmm. with all of the problems that are going on in their mind. So the danger that we have is we respond to the behaviour rather than what's going on underneath. Mm. I think that's a key thing for us to see, is to see these kids as valuable in God's eyes, that, they, that we love them, that we really care for them, and that we, we, we seek to get to know them. Now that might take years to do that, because it takes time to, for them to build up trust. So you... They might kind of lash out a few times and then just be pushing our boundaries and just see if we're, we're still going to reach out and love to them. Or are we just going to be like all the other adults in their life who just kind of reject them if they don't match the standard that we expect. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? But do you see that uh, as well in the Christian families or from non-Christian children? Do you see as well a change in the in the church or in the behaviour of the children uh, growing in the church? I, I think... Yeah, the, the kids who come from our Christian families, now we're, we're, a, we're a, in our church, a lot of our young people come from non-Christian families, the, the minority come from Christian families. And yeah, I think I do see that a lot of our young people from Christian families do have an amazing privilege 
to have grown up in a family that's a bit more structured and a bit more stable and protective and loving and they've grown up knowing not just that their mum and dad love them, but that there's a God who love them, loves them, and all of that. That was my privilege growing up. And that, that is a huge privilege. Now, it's not saying every Christian family is perfect at all. But a lot of our young people who have not grown up within Christian families, yeah, their, their parents love them and have tried their best, so I'm not criticising them. But they do grow up without that that stability of, of around them knowing that God God is there for them and God mm. loves them. And I think that is what often is the is the, the reason why they're lashing out or reaching out into into behavioural issues or into uh, lifestyle choices that we wouldn't say is, is good for them or alcohol and drug addiction which is, which is a huge issue even in a rural setting and, and for younger and younger. You know, I think typically I would have thought, well, maybe when you get to 17 or 18, then you're maybe trying to start alcohol. In our settings, you're talking about 11 and 12-year-olds who are, who are getting their first taste of alcohol and stepping into drug addiction when they're 13, 14. And that, that's, that's terrifying when you think mm. of that. So there are these huge issues in these, these kids' lives. So I think our responsibility in that as youth workers, as kids' workers, as, as pastors in church, is to try and not just instinctively respond to bad behaviour from a from a judgment or a condemnation point of view because that's not a message the message is a gospel of grace mm. so it's to come alongside them and love them and care for them and try and take the time and that's one of the challenges is to take the time individually with them to get to know them and to get beneath the surface and trying to speak into their the real issues that are there in their lives and I think when you're running a kids' club or a youth club, that's a challenge because you don't usually have time. You know, we, we usually typically run our youth club, for example, with maybe 30 or 40 kids. And we've got maybe four or five you know, adult leaders there. So you're, you're very spread very thinly. Uh, so it's maybe sometimes it takes time to get to that level where you can get to know them individually and personally and have that individual chat. And then your eyes are open to see all of the issues that they are dealing with and all of the, the struggles that they are having to face. And you see them differently when, when, you, see, when you see that. You see their, their heart. You see, rather than this angry little kid who doesn't respect you and doesn't uh, speak nicely to you, you see a hurt little kid who's desperate for love. Mm. And so it changes how you see that child when you get to know them and you get to know what's beneath the surface. So being, being the family they need, being uh, the... Maybe the model they need. Yeah, I think we are often that for for our, for our, for the ones that we that we that, that can the that stay with us. We become their family. Now we're not trying to we're trying to teach them how to respect their parents, whatever their parents are like, uh, to be part of their family. We're certainly not trying to pull them away from their own natural families. But in terms of our spiritual family, we become their, their spiritual family. We become their safe place. We become the place where it's our responsibility and privilege to sit down with them and listen to all of their issues and all of their struggles and to take the time to, to try to rebuild what life has broken down even at that age. You know, and I think that's, what, that's the thing that really kind of impacts me is uh, these, these issues, these problems are are being revealed at a much younger age than I would have expected uh, before. Uh, you think teenage, 
you know, the kids in the early teenage years, they're the, 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 the years when you don't have any cares in the world, you just go off and you're playing and you're playing soccer in the park and stuff like that. And from a, maybe from an outside looking on, that's what they look like. And yet when you spend time with them, you get to know that they're carrying all of these burdens and all of these cares. And our job is to, is to give them the space, the safe place where they can come, feel that they are loved, feel that they, this is a safe place where they'll be trusted, where they'll be accepted with all of the problems. And in that safe place, then they can start to open up and we can start to deal with the, the real issues that are there in their lives. Mm, that's wonderful. Uh, I'm sure you can already see some uh, uh, fruits of this ministry. Um, did you see many of these kids growing and uh, some of them maybe becoming Christian? Yeah, we've seen... Yeah, we've seen a lot of our young people make a decision to trust in Jesus. Again... That's not the end of the story. No, it's only the it's only the end of the beginning, and then there's the the discipleship process, and that mm. is that is such a, a difficult issue, uh, because you're trying to encourage them how to reprogram how they think about themselves. I think that's the biggest thing, but how they reprogram how they think about God, how they think about you know relating to others. So that's that's a long process. That's that's a lifelong process. Okay. And honestly, I would say it's a lifelong process in me, and I'm only in the start the start of that. So to see these young people and to be willing to say, okay, they say I've made a commitment to Christ, but there are still lots of issues. You know, some of them are who are who are Christians within our ministries still struggle with alcohol, still get tempted with drugs, still get tempted with promiscuity in their life, and rather than to condemn them and pull back and say, oh, well, that's probably are not believers, to rather see that that just means that that's, these are the, the, the things that they bring into their Christian lives and they are struggling with and they need an understanding and help and support mm. to keep on working through that and letting the grace of God work mm. in their lives. And having the same compassion that God has with us. And Absolutely. We're all on a journey. Because yeah. we easily forget, don't we, how patient God has been with us. Exactly. <laughs> and to, to say, well, okay, if God is as patient as he is with us, then how can we be impatient with this young person who's come through such a difficult process and yet is wanting to trust in Jesus, even often in a place of where they're being opposed for their Christian faith. Or some of our young people, especially some of our kind of young adults, 18, 19 year olds, that kind of age, they've been opposed by their families. They've been persecuted by their friends. Sometimes, you know, very, very aggressively, even physically, because of because of their, their, their faith in Jesus. So I'm in awe of the fact that they are sticking with, with Christ despite the, the cost, despite the opposition that they face. Uh, and I look back to when I was 18 and the issues that I faced were completely different from, from theirs. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm in awe that they are still pushing on trying to live for Christ even in these difficult situations. So I want to partner with them. I want to walk with them through that as much as I can. So as a church, how can we pray for <coughs> our... Um... For the workers who are involved with kids, how can we pray for this ministry? Uh, pray for passion, because it, it can be incredibly discouraging. You know, you can run our youth club one night and have a great opportunity to share your faith, and next night it feels like the whole thing's falling apart. Uh, so pray for continued passion from God. The, the patience, the love, the, that, that can only come from God. We need his Holy Spirit to keep on pouring his love into our heart for these young people. So it's, 
you know, we, we, we need to be workers who are motivated by our heart, not just going through the motion, not just using the right techniques. It needs to be from our heart. So we need our hearts continually refreshed by God, by his Holy Spirit. Uh, so that would be for, for our workers, uh, for the young people, that, that God will work in power in their life because only God can set them free from this. It needs to be God's work, uh, the, the work of the Holy Spirit. We can do whatever we can do. We can put on all the programs, teach all the truth, but it's only God who opens up blind eyes. It's only God who transforms lives. And also for our churches, that we become safe places where these young people are loved and valued. Uh, I've often prayed that our church would be a place where our young people would never be stumbled. And you know what Jesus said about stumbling one of the, the little ones? How he, seriously he says it's easy. He sees that. And so we want our church to be a safe place where our, our young people are welcomed in. And they have, you know, they have older brothers and sisters in Christ. They have the parents in Christ. They have the grandparents in Christ. And they have all of that, that beautiful picture of a Christian family looking after them, supporting them, accepting them for all of the struggles and all of the failures. And if they, if they fall, we're there to pick them up again mm. and again and again and again. And that's what we need to be. And I would say that if if you want, if you're trying to encourage young people in our churches to have a passion to pray for young people, the best way is to get to know them. You know, get to know the, the teenagers who sit at the back of church mm. and maybe don't listen or maybe chat at church. Go and speak to them and get to know them a little bit and then your heart will be broken for them and then that will inspire your, your prayers. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they will appreciate that adults oh, are taking care of them. And... Yeah, absolutely. Our, our young, I read a, a, a survey years ago and it stuck with me. And it was a, a survey on youth work and what, what is the, the biggest issue with regard to encouraging these young people to continue in their, their Christian faith? Uh, right through into adulthood and, and right and follow, keep on following Christ and, and being part of a church. And it wasn't the, the quality of the youth work, it wasn't the, the, the personality or the character of the youth worker, it was intergenerational relationships. It was the fact that these young people had relationships with their parents' generation and their grandparents' generation. And we've seen that in our, in our church, that the young people who come to church and, you know, we, we, we speak to them, our people our age speak to them, but then the, the people who are my parents' generation also speak to them. And they, they have they have parents, they have grannies in Christ. And that's what they want, that's what they, they love and they value so much. So having that having that getting rid of the idea that youth work is for young people or young young adults or for only people who can really run a youth club and seeing that youth work is the work of the church. And it takes a church to to disciple these young people into mm. fully uh, you know, passionate followers of Jesus. Yes, we're used to say that uh, it requires a whole church to raise children. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And they can find a family um, yeah, and grow. Absolutely, it is, it is, you know, this is God's design, isn't it? Exactly. That it's the yes. local church is the, is the place where people come to Christ and, and, and understand the gospel and come to faith and grow in their faith. You know, it is still God's design for all of the fail failures, for all of the, the struggles of what local church is like. God's plan is still the local church. Thank you very much, Andrew. It was very helpful and uh, inspiring, and we will we'll keep praying for your ministry. 
If there is anything you didn't catch, if you have any comment or question, please contact us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can even send us an email. I hope you find a lot of value in today's episode and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you don't want to miss the next episode. You've been listening to the Glow Europe podcast, a European Christian podcast to inspire you and give you insights about mission, apologetics and church life. Please visit our website www.glow-europe.org. Thanks for listening.